Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another What Are You Playing episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton, and who's What Are You Playing with me tonight? My name's Blake Anglin. Thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, welcome back. And this is your new Elden Lord, Carrie Chandler, Carusetta <laughs> on Twitch, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. <laughs> welcome back, also. And this is the What Are You Playing for March. We have been doing this now 11 times, 11 months I've done this so far. This may be awkward because I'm actually trying to become Elden Lord right now, <laughs> and we have one in the room, so Ooh. this is uh, weird. So I know the first thing we should talk about, which I have not played and probably won't play for years because it's me, it's Elden Ring. I know both of you guys have been playing that since it just oh. came out recently. Elden Ring, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I guess we could talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm living and breathing lately. <laughs> it looks really good, though. Yeah, it's like Dark Souls, so I know you're a Souls vet, Mike, so you'll you'll understand at least where we're coming from, for sure. I, I, so it's an open world game this time? Yeah, it is it's the open, open world, world Dark Souls. Okay. Yes. It is, uh, it is huge, huge like, open world. Just when like you think... I'm sorry, oh, it's just, like you took a whole Dark Souls game, basically, and then shoved that in the middle of an entire other open world game. And it was like, yeah. here, play this for the next 200 hours. Yeah, and people keep saying, oh, don't compare it to Breath of the Wild. I'm going to compare it to Breath of the Wild. It is it is Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild. I disagree yeah. if they don't compare it to Breath of the Wild talk. I, 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 yeah, I think there's a clear and obvious comparison there. Like it has, it has a very similar look, except for with more of the Dark Souls aesthetic. And, you know, it's... It's that thing where you get out of the tutorial area, which you can get out of in the first 10 minutes in this one, and then it's just go wherever the hell you want. Here's a horse. Now you can go wherever you want safely. <laughs> like they put in, you know, the Miyazaki loves his poison swamps. There's like seven poison swamps in this game, but you can run through them without being poisoned if you're on your horse. So it's like oh. you can just go anywhere you want and, and just explore. And my friend has never played a Dark Souls game. And he's talking about, like, I find this game really confusing. I don't know where to go. I'm like, that's <laughs> the beauty of it. Just go wherever yeah. you want. Is the I combat was... easier? Or is it kind of the same? Similar. Dark Souls. Yeah. Similar. I, similar. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily easier. But there's a shield, right? Like, it, it's more like Dark Souls, not like Bloodborne. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, beat, combat through it through. I beat Dark Souls 1, 2, and Bloodborne. Then I started a podcast, so that was the end of that. And I... Much as I love Bloodborne, I didn't like that I couldn't really block in that game. Where Dark yeah. Souls one and two, I could I could be a turtle when I needed to. This game oh, has yeah. an added mechanic for people like you. Whenever someone hits your shield, you can immediately hit R two and you get a counter attack that oh. does like bonus damage. Okay. So uh, so okay, what kind of style player do you? Well, so so I I made a samurai um, and <laughs> went quality build, and about forty hours in, I respect him into pure strength. So I could run around with a giant electric halberd and uh, I played for another like 10 hours, got him to, so I think I was about 50 hours in, got him about level 65 and I just kept finding so much cool magic stuff that I decided to just make a brand new character. And so I rolled a pure just wizard type and uh, I'm already further in the game with her in about 15 hours. Damn. So, I have never played magic user in Dark Souls 1 or 2. Well, so I never have either, in, except for I played, I played a magic user my first time playing Demon Souls, and magic is just straight up broken in Demon Souls. Yes, and that's still, It's still pretty broken in Dark Souls 1, and then yes. Dark Souls 2 is a little less broken. Then Dark Souls 3 is really nerfed, but it can be real powerful. 
And in Elden Ring, magic is OP. It Good. is ridiculous. That's Early game, at least. Myself, I think. Yeah. I've been thinking about it very hard. It's it's a lot of fun, and there's there's really good spells for being just like a straight up caster, and there's also like some really good spells for being more of like a spell blade type. Like uh, if you were to spec into being like a heavy armor mage, you've got these two different like or three different like magical sword things where you just whip out like a lightsaber of magic, and that uh, cool. I use those way too much with my paper mache you know glass cannon mage. Because they're just fun and easy to just whip out a giant, you know, glowing blue blade and sweep like five people at once with it. Yeah, I've had uh, so much damage. Uh, a few times. Not as fun yeah. being on the other side, believe it or oh, not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it, this it, game, it is funny, though. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so the one Souls game that I have never touched and have no desire to is Sek- Sekiro. Didn't Sekiro have mounted combat? I've never played it. Okay. No, Sekiro doesn't. No, Sekiro doesn't have mounted combat. Um, enemies are mounted. Okay. Yeah, mounted enemies. Okay. Uh, I knew there, there is a stealth element. I should point out in Elden Ring, which is oh yeah, stealth and stealth and jumping, which comes from Sekiro, and it uses uh, poise. But in Sekiro, you can see the poise meter for you and your enemies, and in this, yeah. it's invisible, which is something they added in Dark Souls Three. So Dark Souls 3 was the first game that had this like poise meter that you couldn't see. And then Sekiro, the game is all about poise. So they made it like on the screen. And in this one, they're back to the Dark Souls 3 model where you you don't know, you can't really see what's going to break your poise and you can't really see what's going to break someone else's, but you get a feel for it. Yes. And, and it's very good because essentially, you know, in Dark Souls, you have the repost mechanic where you parry and it puts them into like a stun state where you then get a repost for massive damage. And in this, you still have that, but you also can get it by breaking their poise, which is new. Okay. Are there a lot of bosses in this game too? Yes. So, okay. so many, so many more, more than darks. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I've, I'm only just now at the third storyline boss of like six. And I've already fought more bosses than in all of dark souls Two. All of okay, that's, that's like 40-something 40, 40 yeah. Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, two has so, most bosses. That's in cool. in yeah. fairness, a number of these bosses are like what my, what Dark Souls vets would probably consider mini-bosses. Like oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, end of like... So you have individual dungeons pocketed like Breath of the Wild shrines kind of around. Okay. Um, separate from your main quests. So those that's are super possibly fun. A possibly a hundred of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's rid- yeah. absolutely ridiculous, and they each have at least one boss at the end. Now there are some reskins. Some of these are previous bosses, harder versions of enemies you fought, but but it, it loses none of the epicness of like a Dark Souls boss. Right. Fight. You you okay. still see that uh, that health bar at the bottom, and the music kicks in. Yeah, you know shit's going down. And the yeah. experience system is the same as Dark Souls, right? Like you earn souls to yeah. upgrade stuff. Yeah, they're called, they're called runes, but it's exactly the same. Okay. Complete, yeah. Yeah, to, for Dark Souls vets, I mean, so much of the experience is, you know, uh, like comfortable and, and you you definitely get a heads up on all these people who have only played Skyrim and to see this brand, brand new game getting 10s out of 10s and hopping right in. I know, I'm, I'm happy that it's doing so well. Like, I, I, haven't, I haven't played Dark Souls in five years because I my Facebook told me it's been five years since I beat that game. <laughs> and yeah. like the itch is so bad and then seeing this come out and seeing how well it's doing like I don't have time for a massive game like this where I dedicate my life to it for a month. Yeah, for the see, see, for I, me, I, I, I got into the Soul series 
only like a little over a year ago. Oh. I uh, I played, you know, Sekiro and I bounced off of Sekiro after like 30 hours because it was just too hard. So I was like, I'm going to try something easier. How about Dark Souls 3? <laughs> and so then I put in over 100 hours and beat Dark Souls 3. And then I bought every other game in the series. And so I beat Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, then Demon Souls. And then I was near the end of Bloodborne when Elden Ring came out. And then I've also played through on multiple characters on Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> again. And so I've I've pro- I think I've probably put like nearly a thousand hours into Souls over the past year. It it's really, my, it, it's my favorite series now, and it's like my games. favorite game. And Elden Ring is my favorite game in the series. So it's yes, and it's, it, it's my my favorite video game ever is Breath of the Wild, and this is like combining you know Breath of the Wild, my favorite video game, with my favorite non Zelda series. Let's say my favorite non Zelda series because I've been a I, Zelda fan since the eighties. But I hated Breath of the Wild when I played it. But I've only played it when it first came out, right after I beat Dark Souls, and I didn't have the internet to really guide me, and I had a game that didn't tell me shit what to do, and I don't like that in open world. I want you to tell me, go here, go, I want I want the Assassin's Creed, you know, outlay of, here's all the stuff you can do, go do it. Then you might want to wait on Elden Ring, because it absolutely yeah, does not it, tell you what to do. It straight up throws a pretty hard boss that you need to be around level 20 plus to beat. It throws it at you as soon as you walk out of the front door of the game. It's a good troll, and they, of course, Dark Souls is famous for its trolls. But I will say, more than any other game in in like From Software series series uh, history, it does signpost you in in certain ways. Oh, it does, yeah. Points you in directions that previous games would have just said, "Well, like, sorry, buddy, you know, go fuck." Yeah, it like, out. Dark the, Souls One. So, doesn't so the the bonfires in this game they're called Sites of Grace, and they're like these like glowing golden lights on the ground. And they will all, they have like little like trails of light coming off of them that point toward the nearest storyline boss. Oh, that's cool. Or not even necessarily to the boss, to the nearest path to the storyline boss. They'll like actually point you from grace point to grace point to grace point to the nearest storyline boss. Now, depending on where you wandered, the nearest storyline boss might be 30, 40 hours to advance for you, but that's on you for exploring. (laughs) Point is, you can always go to a side of grace and be pointed in the right direction. And there's fast travel. Oh, okay, that's nice. Grace, which is something I figured out like 10 hours in. And does it start off with fast travel, like Dark Souls 2? It, it does. Right off the bat. That's but cool. it's even better, because you don't have to be at a bonfire to do it. You just have to be out of combat. Okay, that that's good. I mean... So you can be in the middle of nowhere, middle of Poison Swamp, lost, and just teleport to anywhere. Yeah, any any side of, of Any side of Grace you've ever visited. Some okay. good quality of life stuff. Uh, that, and there's a there's a hub like Firelink that you can go to also. Though that you have to unlock, but okay, it it looks really cool. Like I've been I've been watching some stuff because like Dark Dark Souls are games that I never go in blind when I play them. I will never play those games blind. I'm I'm uh, under the I watch YouTube videos constantly. I look up all the tips to how to play before I go and play. Yeah, I normally am like that, <laughs> but I was really excited for this one to go in completely blind. I didn't even watch trailers for it. And oh my God, it's so much fun being in on the ground floor. Plus with it being brand new, leaving lots of messages. And you know, whenever you have a message get rated, it fully heals you. Yeah, I heard that. That That's a cool aspect I, to it. I, on, during prime hours, like on a Saturday night from like 9 p.m. to midnight, my messages are getting rated like once every two to three minutes. So I'm nice. just getting constantly healed. That helps a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. 
so I, I agree with the uh, the idea that like the discovery of the game is my favorite element. I play completely blind. I haven't looked anything up, and I also play offline just because like I don't want to see any messages. Oh from no! The oh. Yeah, I love I, the online element. I, I do too, and I, I really love I, the idea of it. I just I just want to be as completely blind as possible for playthrough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally honest. I kind of miss getting invaded. I've never invaded someone else in all of my souls playing, but. I kind of miss getting of it. Like, there's no chance. It. There's no chance of it in this game unless you're it, playing co-op. Yeah, yeah. There, there are still NPC invasions occasionally, but they're pretty. I've only had like four of them happen to me in like 70, 80 hours of play. So yeah, uh, about the same. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as like PC invaders, I've not had it happen because I haven't played co-op almost at all. I've, I've, I think I have. I went and try. I, I. I farmed runes by helping beat the first boss or the second boss, the first storyline boss a few times, like probably like 10 or 15 times of me being the cooperator, but I've never brought in a cooperator so far because I just, I don't know. Cause it's honestly, cause it's not hard enough to need that for me at this <laughs> point. I do use the, uh, the little Pokemons though, which is pretty cool. Little thing they added to it. They're, they're called uh, spirit ashes and you can, you, you can collect them around the world and they're like little Pokemon. You can train them and level them up and everything. What's your go-to ash with my mage. I use the, the wolves and I've just leveled my, the wolves up a lot on my mage. And so they, they're really good at taking things attention away from me, my boss's attention away from me. And yeah. then uh, with my melee character, I was using a uh, banished knight Oleg who uses, I actually had to level like six levels into mind to have enough mana to cast him and he uses exactly my full mana so but you know he doesn't do any other spells so i just i'll summon him for if, if i'm having a hard time with a boss i'll summon him and he's really good tank and uh or uh he's also fun for running through a dungeon that i've already beaten and just mopping the place for like you know for loot and runes like i went back to look. i went back to Stormvale castle at like level 60 with Oleg and we just like tear through every place in that castle with him. That's always a good, a good feeling. It is. And well, also I discovered that there's like an entire half of the castle I never saw. So I'm doing that with uh, the second main area. Now I'm kind of rerunning through it just to, Oh yeah. I know I've missed things. So just make, yeah, sure. I need to go back there. The, the, yeah, there's a, uh, there's yeah. I don't want to ruin anything for you. There's exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah oh. I'm in the, I'm in the third legacy dungeon right now with my mage and the, mid level boss is just mopping the floor with me right now. I got to actually playing that right before we started. I've never seen a game and Elden Ring is a beautiful game, but I wouldn't say it's, it's necessarily the most cutting edge game graphically ever. Although it's, it's gorgeous and the art style is incredible and I have nothing, no, nothing bad to say about it, but not, I don't think I've ever seen a game that does introducing like vistas to you better than this from software knows when you're coming from one area to another. And how they just open up. When, when you thought you've seen everything there is to see in this game, or at least a big chunk of the world, you'll, you'll crest a ridge and just the most beautiful skyline in a video game. And this has happened to me five or six times already. Played. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Breath of the Wild does it equally as good. But it is, it is the first game I've played since Breath of the Wild that gives me that feeling of wonder whenever I walk up out of like a cave and see see that like big Man, I, before you. yeah it's incredible it makes me want to play it <laughs> but i will never play a game when it first comes out ever again because i i can't handle that so. 
Yeah, and it is. Are you playing on what system are you playing on? Uh, I'm on Series X. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I was, I'm playing on PS5, and yeah, on, on console on PS5 and Series X, it's doing great. I've heard that it has been having some issues on some PC builds. That makes sense. I mean, even anytime... even like some like very beefy computers, it just has something to do with the chipsets or whatever for certain graphics cards. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that's why another reason I don't like playing new games on PC. Yeah. Cause, I don't know. I was lucky enough to like hunt down a PS5, and now I'm like, well, all right, well, I don't think I'm going to be upgrading my computer for a long time. I'm just going to buy everything on the PS5 now because yep. it just plays so well and it it uh is super convenient. Now, and I plan to upgrade my PC hopefully next year. My plan, yeah, to buy a, to buy a new because I have a gaming laptop that I use, but I plan to buy an actual like desktop PC for gaming next time. Yeah, I've been building my own computers since the like mid 90s, but um, man, it is. It, it's it's so expensive right now. Yeah, that's another reason why I'm waiting until next year. I'm hoping next year things calm down. But maybe we'll see. It it does look really good. I'm I'm just watching some videos of Elden Ring right now while we're talking about it since I haven't played it, but it does look really damn good. It just looks I mean the best game ever made. It's <laughs> already being regarded. And I feel like it's not hyperbole when people are already saying like this is my favorite game or or whatever. And it's it sounds ridiculous, but it, it, it deserves every uh, every accreditation it's getting right now. It's. I mean, after playing Dark Souls one and two, I mean, I haven't played Dark Souls three yet, but I mean, it's just there's something that series is something else, and there's nothing beats the you know the joy you feel when you beat certain bosses and when you finally accomplish something. So I can you know with Elden Ring having the exploration, I can't talk right now. You can you know I can see how that can be more fun because you don't you aren't you aren't really feeling you're getting stuck and the fact that you can level that's why I love these games because if you couldn't level I would hate Dark Souls one I wouldn't play them but leveling if I can level in a game it will keep me to keep playing because I can always come back at a stronger situation. I think one thing that I I was thinking about what what sets these games apart and the Souls and and a few other games personally spring to mind uh, a game I've talked about Mike Outer Wilds I don't know Carrie if you've ever played oh, yeah yeah I like Outer Wilds. And I don't think Mike's ever played this. We gotta get I him have on not. that. But I I love games, and what this one does so well, and Outer Wilds is another great example, is that it treats the player with respect. And what I mean by that is it's basically the opposite, Mike, of what you love in a game. <laughs> Ubisoft markers everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. In- well, I can handle it if it's not there, as long as the internet be able to tell me what I want to know. That's fair. And I think it's it's fair as long as the game and Elden Ring and Outer Wilds both do this so well. The game gives you the it, it, things aren't there for for their sake. Everything is there in service of like showing you the player what to do. The 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 language instead of text and markers is the game itself and it just does that so well. And I think that's what appeals to me about these kind of games. Maybe more that, than it Definitely. Thing. Like that and like the precision of the combat. So like I, I tried out, you know, Bayonetta recently. Cause I, man, I just been hurt hearing about how amazing Bayonetta is for <laughs> years and years. So I finally got it and I started playing it. And I was like, this is just button mashing. Like there's no, yeah. I mean, it's fun. And it actually, it's kind of interesting because Bayonetta is one of my main, you know, smash characters and she plays in smash, like exactly like she does in Bayonetta. And that's really cool that they copied it for smash. That's neat. But, Compared to Souls, it just feels sloppy. <laughs> and I and I same thing with Nier Automata. Like everyone's like, oh, you gotta play Nier Automata. So I tried Nier Automata and I'm like, yeah, I mean it's fun-ish, but it's again, it's like 
mechanically speaking, it feels amateurish compared to to a Souls game. Well, that's going to be almost anything because Souls it, it are really very. Is. It's kind of ruined me for playing other action games. I mean, Bayonetta is much more. I've never played Bayonetta, but it's much more in the theme of like Double May Cry. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that type of it, action it is. game. I mean, it's a platinum game, and it's which makes sense. But it's just, I mean, it's fine. But it just after playing Souls, like nothing but Souls for so long, <laughs> it's like any just like action game like that just feels kind of uh, another game on my list that I'll talk about later. People have been saying it's like, oh, it's really Souls like, and I'm like, no. Have you played a Souls game recently? It's really not. <laughs> I mean, I, I have made the joke, like, when I first played Zelda 2 uh, last year for this it's show. It's Souls of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I kept, because, I mean, that game. Well, it, is in, it is in a couple of ways. Like, well, one, you, you lose everything when you die too many times. You, it's hard as hell for no reason at times. Like, it's just, and it's understanding the way that, and the game tells you nothing. Yeah. It's very, it's a very complicated game, and it reminds me of, like, so I'm very making the joke. It tells absolutely nothing. That game Don't is. Uh, I, I can't imagine. Like I tried playing that game as a kid. I had. I got it when I was like nine, and I played it a lot and never got past the second dungeon. It's a um, good game, but you need to play it on Switch now with Rewind and use a guide, and you will enjoy yourself. But yeah, I mean, I've been playing it recently. And I'm not using save states or whatever because it does. You don't lose everything when you die. You, you don't lose your experience or your level. No, you lose something. I thought, but I, it's been a while. Well, you you get reset at the uh, temple. Of oh yeah, I think that was, and that's really annoying too because just getting to places is, is a bitch. Oh man, I use that as like a teleport <laughs> late game. I'm like, whatever. Here, just die three times so I can go back to the beginning of the game. But yeah, it's that's a game where it needs a guide, and it's and even with a guide, it's still stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just hey, there's there's stuff I never would have figured out in Zelda 2 if I didn't have a guide. Like how to yeah. you have to walk on a certain pace, certain spot of the world map. And yes, there's an NPC that will tell you, hey, go over here. And then you drop down. Like when I did that episode, one of the guys, one of my guests actually beat that game legit while we were recording or, or you know, before the recording. Why? Why the other two? We other two just cheated the hell out of it because fuck that. Yeah, game. But, I, I, I've been playing <laughs> it as my uh, uh, in, in my bathroom. I have my little like Zelda game of watch. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I beat uh, Zelda one on there for like the thirtieth or fortieth time in my life, and I was like, I started the master quest, and I got like I don't know, like fifteen hearts into the master quest, and I was like, all right, this is I need I'm gonna try something else, and I started playing Zelda two again, and I'm I'm I mean I'm pretty far in that I'm at Death Mountain, but uh, right now I'm just like I'm at that one bridge where you can just endlessly farm experience, and I'm just maxing out every possible stat. You should just know that there comes to a point where it look it makes you think you keep leveling, but you don't because the leveling just refills whatever stat you chose. Yeah. So there there yeah, is a cap. I, yeah. Oh, I know there's a cap, but I'm, okay. I'm I'm currently I've maxed out health and uh attack and I'm maxing out magic now. Okay, then, good. You want to do right. that. And then it's like, all right, now I'll go to Death Mountain when I can cast the the shield spell every like every screen. Castlevania two is another uh, famous example if you want to endlessly confusing NES game. Oh God! The Never one played where they yet. purposely lie to you. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Lie to you, Jesus. I, I really want to play it one day for the show. It it just hasn't happened yet because. Yeah, I, I have it. I've never gotten that far in it before. I played it for a couple of hours at the most. I think I, I love Castlevania one and three. I mean, I love the Castlevania series in general, but two is one I I've never really put a lot of time in. It's tough. <laughs> Mike, I've got a question for you. I've been on here a few times. What? How do you choose your games? Does your mom randomly actually give them to you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, 
now that it's just me, I I have a list of games that I have made over the that I would just anything I thought about, like hey, I want to play this, I would put down the amount of hours that it would that it takes to beat, supposedly by how long to beat, and then I would kind of weigh, you know, pick one or two long games, and it and it's kind of changed that we have different as I had different co-hosts, but now it's very much on just what do I want to play that I feel I can fit in where I have short games and I have a long game, so I'm not doing stuff where I can't finish it in time. It's really how it's based on, really based on what I want to play. Smart. And if I think something's going to do well or not, then it will go on there more faster. But sometimes it just should. I was like, I just really want to play this finally. Like Star Fox Assault is on this current season. It wasn't supposed to be on the show. It wasn't on there when I first wrote the season. We play Star Fox Adventures. And I'm like, I really want to play Assault. And I had people that were interested. So Assault is coming up next month. You You know, it's kind of one of those things. Cool. Well, I have played a couple of other games other than Elden Ring. <laughs> I uh, I played the demo for Final Fantasy Stranger in Paradise, which is what I was talking about a second ago. So, okay. I mentioned I'm, that. People, so the discourse around this game was, oh, it's Final Fantasy Dark Souls. And no, it is not. <laughs> no. Like, the it is it is Final Fantasy God of War more than Final Fantasy Dark Souls. Like, is it there's, good? Oh, I mean, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to buy it. Probably not for seventy dollars, but I'll buy it eventually. God, um, I for, maybe I forget sale. games come out at seventy now because I don't. I don't buy new. They games don't ever. all come out at seventy, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it is all right. So the story is the dumbest possible story. The characters <laughs> are terrible. The main character is the most ridiculous cliche to the point where you're like, is this a joke? Like, are they trolling players with how stupid this is? The combat is a lot of fun. It's mechanically, it's, but like I say, it is more like um, a God of War than a Dark Souls. So I, someone argued with me on the internet about it the, the other day. Who would do such a thing? Matthew Allen of Video Games Apocalypse, actually. <laughs> He's like, what? Did you play a different game than me? Because it's very Dark Souls. I'm like, I, no, no, it's really not. Like, I mean, it's, it's fun, but it's, 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 it's very button mashy. There are combos, but the combos are, you know, L1, L1, L2, L1, 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 L2, oh, so it L1, took the... L2, L1. It's like that. It's not the precision not of a Dark Souls. Dark Souls. But the L being, uh, the, L being the triggers for hitting, I can see how people think Dark Souls. Yeah. And, and I haven't and, played it. Or, or, and, uh, I'm sorry, R1, R2. And then L1 is block. So that's like Dark Souls 2. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like Dark Souls also. And then I think it's... But the thing about Dark Souls for combat-wise is it's all about being very calculated in your yeah, and there's no calculation to this at all i mean okay yeah then it's just it's it is like you know five enemies you know rushing at you you and your party run forward and just start weighing into combat or you know i expect my character to be like a mage and a lancer so i'll jump back switch to mage because you can switch between two classes with a button press and so i'll switch to mage and you hold down r2 and then press in a direction and that chooses you know, one of your four elemental spells. And then the longer you hold it down, the lo- the higher level spell it casts. So it go from, you know, like fire, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Just like, but it's just, and then it's just using up your mana to do it. So it's like more man, more mana, more casting time for the bigger spells, but also their bigger area of effect. And I'm sure there'll be more stuff in it later like that. It has a job level up system similar to, you know, tactics, but the uh, the level up grid is kind of like Final Fantasy 15s a lot. The the things I so what what I don't like about it is you've got two party members, right? And I'm sure there's going to be other party members later in the game. 
because they are just very traditional file, you know, well, not traditional. They're very standard JRPG. Well, it really reminds me of Final Fantasy 15. It's very bro-y. You got like, two, <laughs> you just got two bros. You're like, all right, let's do it. And like one of them's, one of them's a black guy and he's the stereotypical Final Fantasy black guy. And then one of them is a kind of like de- delicately featured pink haired guy. And he's very much, I mean, it's very much like the two of the guys from Final Fantasy 15. That just are part all of the cliches. Yeah. And, and then they each have a job and you, and they'll, they'll level up in their job, but you can't choose their job skills. You can't change their jobs. Okay. Anything like that. AI. Yeah, I guess. And you can't give them directions either. So I haven't played the Final Fantasy seven remake, so I don't know if it's like that or not. Um, I haven't either. It's, I understand. Um, oh, go it's ahead. I played it. It's pretty kinetic. You do a lot of bouncing between party members with a lot of pauses while you kind oh, of. Oh yeah, there's none of that in this. There's no pausing it in the middle of it. Um, yeah. One on a, one Dark Souls thing it does have is it does have like a bonfire system, but what it doesn't have is like when you die you don't lose anything. Like you die, you just bounce back to the last bonfire. Oh, that's not. With all yeah, that's not Dark Souls at all then. All the experience loot anything so i can just like run into an area and just kamikaze it and get some loot and get some experience and then die and then pop right back to the bonfire i was at with no penalty other than i have all the enemies have respawned and that's it and okay you, that's not because the thing about dark souls is that you always have that penalty for being too fast or yeah, it, it could be just that it's the demo but i doubt it because that doesn't sound like the kind of thing that would change for the demo no that's not and and also there's too much loot there's way too much. Like I have probably from just an hour and a half, I probably have 30 different chest pieces. Oh yeah. You're not like kidding. From 30 watching 30 or 40 different leggings and like 15, 20 different weapons, but they're not different. Actually. It's just like twilight cloak level one, twilight cloak level two, twilight cloak level three, twilight cloak level four. But this one has Lancer affinity is that kind of thing. Okay. I'm watching then, a, a demo right now on YouTube and yeah, they drop like equipment off all the time from different enemies. Yeah. And and there's, you know, there's some cool stuff like, you know, there's a, there is a parry system where if a enemy does a, like a attack, it, it says the attack they're doing whenever they attack you. And if they do a purple attack and you parry it, then you collect that attack and then have it like an item you can use. That's kind of cool. So, and, and you can only hold one at a time, like one thing at a time. But like if a, like if a bomb, fires a fireball at you you can parry that and it'll it'll you'll take zero damage and you'll now have three fireballs you can throw well bright fencer like massage did this system back in like <laughs> 1998 oh. So. oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, no, I, I, do, I do think it's fun but yeah comparing it to dark souls i think it's only very superficially dark souls i think it's much more and i haven't played now i'll say the last god of war i played was um ghost of sparta on the psp but it plays like very much like the old PS2, you know, God of War games to me. Like in terms of it's button mashy, but there's combos that you can kind of learn, but they're not really anything special. It's just you know, you know, tapping the attack three times does something different than atta- tapping the attack four times does. It's nothing crazy. And there are there are like there's parry attacks you can do, but it's not there. The timing on them is not even close to Dark Souls. Like it's seven times as, i mean not seven times but probably like three times as much of a parry window like it's if it's like dark souls it's like 
baby's first Dark Souls. It doesn't like, look like anything like Dark Souls. Like just from the little I've been seeing of the. Like, I mean, I hadn't played it. Superficial characteristics, and, I'm, and someone must be like, "Oh, it's Dark Souls. That's fine. They they can feel like that." But I don't know. Having played like almost nothing but Dark Souls for the pl- past year, it's not. Yeah. Well, Dark not. Souls is very much about combat, where it's you know you have that very much risk and reward, and if you don't. If you're not dropping your equipment when you die, or you're not equipment, but your items, you know, your experience points, something, then it's not really a Dark Souls style game because there's no, it's just a regular video game where the penalty of death is death. Like, yeah. And it's also very, at least in the demo, it is very go down this one corridor and there's enemies as you go and it's just funneling you like a pipe. And then eventually the pipe splits in two, but then rejoins together like 50 feet later. So it's like occasionally there will be a side path. This is an action RPG. It'll just take you slightly further down the pipe than it was before. I don't know. I mean, the Stranger Paradise thing got me excited because there's going to be references to other classic Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's set during the, I think it's a prequel to Final Fantasy 1 because you meet like the King of Cornelia from Final Fantasy 1 that sends you to go uh, fight Garland. Ah, Yeah, Um, that's funny. And you see, like, he's like, we just sent the Knight Garland off to find out what's going on with Chaos. Well, that's going to work out really well. Yeah, and the, like, the opening cutscene is Garland, like, killing his own men. <laughs> and and that's, like, the opening cutscene. And then and then also it's doing that, um, what are they called? It's a Japanese, like, it's an anime trope. Pokemon Legends Arceus does this, where you're from the real world and you're dropped in to a fantasy world. Uh, it's doing I- that. Okay, I know you're, I know I don't know what it's called. But I know what you're talking about. It's doing that trope where you are just a dude, and you're like the broiest dude ever. You are like mid, you know, mid twenties Kiefer Sutherland, but jacked to hell with like a scar across your nose, wearing a t-shirt and blue jeans and tennis shoes, and carrying a big giant great sword around. Okay. <laughs> and then your bro, same thing, your bros, um, they're wearing just like very much clothes you would wear in the real world, only kind of ridiculously colored. But then every other single person you see is dressed like it's Final Fantasy 12. Okay. I'll play this someday, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it is really stupid, but it's fun. And I think I'll buy it, but I might <laughs> wait until it goes on sale if it ever goes on sale. Or my, oh. I, I got the disc version of the PS5. Maybe I'll buy it used someday. I don't see myself spending $70 on it, though, no. Oh, Blake, anything else that you've been playing? Yeah, so mostly on Ring, of course. But I do, I've do. i been playing four games, and I really only want to talk about two of them. But <laughs> they, they were all good. So I'm going to drop the first two on you guys. You can talk about them if you like, because they're both pretty universally acclaimed. But I would say I was lower on consensus than both on both of these games than most people. The first was Death's Door, which was a perfectly fine, like, Hollow Knight light kind of game. But uh, I, I, I like Death Store a lot. Yeah, it was. I thought it was fine. Um, I didn't finish it though. It's it's good. It's got a hint, uh, hidden ending that I you know I, I reached and like enjoyed it, but um, didn't leave much of an impression on me. Besides being like a, a, a just a fine tied over until uh, Silk Song comes out at least. Yeah, yeah. And then Psychonauts two, a game that I had never played the original on, but was just interested in the series and uh, you know enjoyed it, even though it, I thought it ended rather abruptly, leaving you wanting more. I guess is like not the worst thing a video game can do. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I missed the boats, the boat on like yeah. Psychonauts. I feel like if I played Psychonauts when it first came out, I would like it, but I play, I tried it out on Game Pass, and I was just like, eh, I mean, I get it, I right. get why people like it, but it's just I don't think this is for me. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Psychonauts back in the day, but I haven't played it since regular Xbox many, many years ago. Nice. So the the two I do want to talk about, and 
again, Mike, we got to get you on this train. So, <laughs> has a uh, DLC, Echoes of the Eye. Have you played it, Carrie? Wait, wait. I, you cut out what game? Oh, uh, Outer Wilds. Oh, no, no. I, I haven't. I haven't played it. Um, no, wait, wait. I might be thinking of the wrong game, <laughs> which is the one that's by Obsidian, and it's like... Uh, You're thinking of Outer Worlds. Every every oh. person in the world gets them confused. Yeah, it's, no, I have no. not played Outer Wilds at all. I've played Outer okay. Worlds, and I was like, it has DLC? I didn't know it had DLC. Okay, right, sorry. yeah, okay. I'll say <laughs> You're talking about a different game earlier. <laughs> Still, it holds true. It respects the player and doesn't hold your hand. So Outer Wilds is like an exploration, uh, yeah. space exploration game. It's one of, the, uh, in my opinion, one of the best games ever made. A 10 Damn. out of 10 masterpiece. Yeah, I, have it, I have it installed on my computer. I just haven't played it yet. It's so good. And treat it like uh, a Dark Souls game in the sense that please don't look anything up and just know that this developer has thought of everything and is is the game will tell you everything you need. It's an absolute masterpiece. It, it has, wrong is it long? It was made by a single yeah. person. It was made by a single person, and Mike, that's a tough question to ask because I could pick it up and beat both the DLC and the main game in less than 30 minutes, but the typical player, uh, I would say, is probably going to spend somewhere between 20 and 30 hours finishing the game because uh, it's a time loop game at its core, and so the only thing you keep between loops or what have you is your knowledge, so there's no real inventory to speak of, no experience. No, nothing. Just what you, the person, and, and your avatar learn. Uh, it does have a ship's log that keeps track of things for you very well, including like tips of like, hey, you haven't seen everything here. Or there's question marks that get filled in as you learn things. So it's not a fully blind experience, but it's it's it respects you. It it tells you just enough to be like, okay. I can go check this out. Well, it has a DLC, and the game is set up in such a way as to you. I I just didn't understand how a DLC could possibly work, and it's hard to go into more because I don't want to really spoil anything. But just suffice to say, it was absolutely fantastic. Wove the DLC into and throughout the the main story in just such a a mind blowing way, and it's another game that just creates those moments where things click, and you're just like. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I, I'm playing a masterpiece. Masterpiece. I realize as I'm I'm playing it. Can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. The DLC is great. It's on Games Pass for anyone uh, who has that as well. The DLC isn't, but the base game is. The other game that I played, and this was I, I've been lucky, I guess, this year. Uh, Disco Elysium uh, is a game I just finished. Yeah, that's another. Guys... That, that's another one that like I respect, but I'm just like I don't. It's a uh... Well, I don't know. Go ahead. It's, a, it's 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 a it's an odd game. I it's not it's not something that I would probably recommend to everyone in the sense that it's just so it's so weird. And I thought it was weird in the best possible way, but uh, it I had so much fun with it. It took me a little bit to get into it because it's not it's not the most polished game, certainly. Um, but it does. It's I've never seen a game quite like this, and it's so dialogue-heavy, one of the most dialogue-heavy games that I've, I've ever played or, or maybe exists. But in most games like that, you just kind of... It, there's options that you shouldn't choose, for instance. It really lets you role-play a character in ways that, that I've almost never experienced, down, down to the, the dialogue options you choose and, and the skills. And it's, it's all very real. It's like a, a detective noir D&D game is maybe the best way to put it, with a splash of just pure absurdism thrown in but i I really enjoyed it even though i can see how it's not necessarily a game that that is going to be universally praised i I mean i think it's a game like it's an important game 
And I don't think anyone could deny that it's like a good game from everything I've heard. It just, I don't know. I, just, I think I might be too dumb <laughs> for, <laughs> for a game because it's like, there's no, right? Like it's all, it's all text-based, right? Like you're all just like talking. I mean, ni- 95% of that is yes. And any, so there's a lot of skill checks. You have skills that you pump your skill points into. Right. But again, these are 100% going to be based on dialogue checks. So, so it's I, it's kind of it's kind of like a visual novel slash RPG. That's uh, it's it's a it is a visual novel basically played under the guise of D and D mechanics. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but yeah, that's yeah. yeah I, I feel I feel like I'm just like too much of a dummy that wants action to play visual novels. <laughs> I can respect them, but I'm just like I no. Yeah, it's it's a it's a genre that took me a bit. Danganronpa is a game I I played back in the day, and it's a visual novel, as Japanese visually novel as it gets. And I was just yeah. like I this, and that just kind of kicked it off for me, I guess. I will definitely give give Disco Elysium a try when it comes to Game Pass, probably. Yes, I I, 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 don't, I don't see myself buying it, but sure. I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I've only heard good things. I've only heard, heard it's long too. I think right. No, no, it was actually shorter than I expected. That's um, like seven hours, right? I would, I would say I, I explored everything, did all the side quests, um, got like the quote unquote best ending. Um, so it definitely rewards like spending time in its world. So I, I, I think I put about 12 to 14 hours in it oh. uh, all told. That's uh, not that bad. See, that's sounding good to Mike. It's like, that's, I could play that for a podcast. And, yeah, and, I, and you, yeah, oh, yeah I, it would be a great podcast game. And you could certainly play it much faster. And, and with a guide, you could get through it in a couple hours me use a guide what i know but it's all it's all about the mystery so it's you're solving a murder and it just like kind of says here you know go solve it <laughs> when i do so, games like that i use it where to point me in the right direction then when i get confused or can't figure it out then i look up more yeah i've heard it's also like very progressive with representation big, big time um yeah that's cool and, and in such a way that it really does feel open-minded to i mean i I use both sides, not in the sense of like it lends a viewpoint to like highness things or, or anything that I think would, um, you know, necessarily offend most people, but it just really lets your choices dictate your, your true philosophy. And that can, that can manifest in, in some very cool and certainly progressive ways. Okay, cool. Oh, and there is one game that I've been playing off and on that I do want to mention slowly very slowly playing because i just finished golden sun the lost age which you'll hear about an episode uh-huh. soon uh, final fantasy 6 t edition i've been playing which is a rom okay. hack of final fantasy 6 yeah uh, I have that. it's i'm what? slowly playing it because i i every time i play final Fantasy 6 there's a certain part i don't like which is i don't like when they first go to the floating continent i just don't like that part as much i level yeah. a lot and this game is a lot harder than the real game yeah. so Final Fantasy VI is one of my favorite video games. I love the game. Yeah, yeah, that that was the last podcast me and Mike did. So yeah, yeah. you guys tell me about this ROM hack. I'm, I've never heard of it. It's good. It it's so it took Final Fantasy VI. It takes the base game. He leaves the he leaves like where you go untouched. He just adds a lot of extra dungeons near the end of the game. But some of the little tweaks that as a guy who played this game too many times can pick up on. One simple the first obvious thing they have different costumes. Okay, not a, you know that's cool. But the biggest part is like Terra and Celeste are glass cannons. Like they are, their HP is lower, but they learn Fire Go, Blizzard Go way sooner. The Espers don't teach you all the spells they would normally teach you. 
he messed with the spells that people teach so you don't get all the spells like you did early. You have to fight espers where you didn't have to fight espers before, like to get Seraph, that angel that you get, that you buy in Jador or wherever, not Jador, uh, Tenzin. I think it's Tenzin. You just go there and you have to fight her now to get her to join you and still buy her. Just little things like that the guy did. He he changed, like where enemies drop relics now all the time. Enemies drop equipment all the time so you can... He changed it where you can get rages. You can learn rages anywhere in the world of gauze in your party. He doesn't have to be in the belt anymore. Does he still have to jump to do it? No, he just no. learns them. When they get you. I think he just learns them. Nice. So he's just a straight. He's just a straight blue mage. Yeah, he cool. might have to jump. I don't know, but I maybe he has to leave. So I don't use them. I really, I really love blue mages. Like I love the blue mage system in Final Fantasy V and Gaw. So that I always enjoyed Gaw and Final Fantasy VI. Gaw. But it's annoying that you have to. Like just run around the veldt to get all this stuff. Just, yeah, it also adds like little side quests. Like when you go to towns and the pubs, they'll give you like a quest to do. He added Gilgamesh in the game, where you fight him multiple times. Unfortunately, the biggest part of the game that he added is all in the world of Rune, which I haven't gotten yeah. to yet because I'm being slow. It's what it's very. Di- I'm just nervous because it's very difficult, and I don't feel I'm leveled enough. Like I got my ass handed to me. By a guy, a boss that's never given me issues in Magitech Factory. You fight a soldier guy before you go into where you end up getting to the minecart eventually. And yeah. I never had a hard time with that guy in my life. In this one, I actually had to like play with strategy because he he changed his system where he heals himself a lot more, and just you can't hurt him unless you actually listen to what magic he's, you're supposed to use against him. And yeah, like, that's this is that's new. really. I mean, I think it's really cool. I've I I have it. I started it. I only got like into the intro and then I just never got back to it. But uh, it I think it's a, while. it's a great idea because, you know, Final Fantasy six is great, but it's like really easy also, yeah. especially if you know what you're doing. Yes. It's so easy. So this is, this is, it's cool. Did they leave in, um, do you know, did he like take out the, the bugs that you can exploit? Like the, the vanish bug and all that? I don't know. Cause I never use it. Oh, <laughs> So, but like example, I'm 22 hours in, and I'm been cheating because I use I use times two speed to make the game go by faster. Oh well, that's that's not cheating. Yeah, that's, I think that's just something that every JRPG needs to incorporate. That's, that's quality of life, right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, like I, when I was playing Golden Sun: The Lost Age, I played that entire game in time two speed, and I and when I the few times when I put it in regular speed, I'm like, oh god, this is terrible. <laughs> like Final Fantasy yeah. 12, the Zodiac Age, I beat that last year and I loved it. I think it's maybe my second favorite Final Fantasy, but uh, I um, I played that at double speed almost the entire time, and I still my playtime of beating the game is 97 hours. So uh, it's almost a pixel uh, remaster time for Final Fantasy 6 too, right? And that's out. It's out. Yeah, out. It's out. yeah, yeah but I don't even la- last week or the week before. Yeah, I mean, one the, I'm I'm one of those things where I'm like I'm glad they're doing it for the people that don't own it, but I have bought Final Fantasy VI three times now, and I think three <laughs> times is enough. Nintendo's gotten they got the well. To be truthful, they only got my money once <laughs> on a console, <laughs> console because I bought a, uh, a a used SNES Classic on eBay, and my girlfriend in college got my Final Fantasy VI on a uh, used copy of Final Fantasy VI for this Super Nintendo on eBay. So oh no, and then I bought the PS One on eBay. So I've Did you play a Game Boy Advance version? Times. Yes, I have the Game Boy Advance version. Okay. I also bought that used on eBay. So literally, um, I've bought the game <laughs> five times, and Nintendo got my money once. But still, point is... They got it. Point yeah, is, you is I've, I own the game five times over now. I don't need to buy it a sixth time. Sure. I mean, as a guy who's played six, like I think the T edition so far is probably like the... like I wish this would have been marketed as an actual game and sold because... 
all the additions he added and the changes he added, it's the complete experience. So well, would you compare it to like the Final Fantasy IV DS version? Never played that. <laughs> oh, that's like Final Fantasy IV for the DS. Just FYI, is like a super hard version of Final Fantasy IV. I mean, it's hard, but it's not like it's just that I have to actually try for a change. You can't just sit there and mindlessly press A while watching Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. But that is that is definitely different. No, I I remember I beat Final Fantasy VI was my first Final Fantasy. Well, kind of. Um, I had Mystic Quest. I got Mystic Quest. That's with a good Mystic, game. You know? uh, Mike's a it's huge not a Mystic ba- Quest defender. You know what? I, will, I, yeah, I, I love I that. Mystic Quest 2. <laughs> for what it is, it is a good game. But Final Fantasy VI <laughs> was my first actual Final Fantasy. And playing that back when I was like 12 years old and going through Kefka's Tower and just vanish death, vanish death, van- or vanish exo, vanish mm-hmm. exo, vanish exo to get through that like gauntlet right before Kefka. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I am definitely one of those people. <laughs> no, I, I need to play more T edition. I just, cause I can, I play one game on my phone, like an RPG. I always have to have something there just because yeah. like when there's downtime in my life and I'm like, I, I'll just play this while I'm waiting for something to happen. Same. And JRPGs are perfect for playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where, and I was playing T edition. Then I got to golden sun in our, in our list. I'm like, okay, I got to start golden sun. And now I'm going. I'm going to go back to T edition. So hopefully by the next time I record one of these, what are you playing? And once I do finish T edition, whenever the hell that day comes, I do want to record a solo episode about it. But I got to beat it first. So yeah, yeah. My playing <laughs> on my phone. That's how I beat. I mean, or that's how I played through Final Fantasy one, four, seven, probably a couple other things. You can beat a lot of games like that. Yeah, yeah. I played through a good chunk of Dragon Quest three that way. Played through a good. I got to the very end of Pokemon Crystal. And then my game got erased. Oh, oh, that's okay. That's okay. You brought up a, a good story. I didn't do it with Pokemon Crystal. I did it with Pokemon Platinum. I was playing through Platinum on a on a on a tablet, and I got I was just gonna go beat the Elite Four, and I'm like, okay, I want to get more games on my tablet. And I looked up and found some Pokemon Platinum ROM hacks. Okay, so I'll throw these in. Why? Well, unfortunately, deleted my copy of my save. Oh no! And so I've never played Platinum since then. Yeah. Platinum was supposed to be on this show, but then I couldn't find people because I put it or I put it on at the same time that Diamond and Pearl were coming out. The remake, so yeah. nobody wanted to play Platinum. Yeah, so well, we could we could transition right there. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. We playing that? I have not played it, although I would S- like to. Speaking of a, a Breath of the Wild meets a other genre, like I've been a Pokemon fan since like 1999. I think is when I got my my first Game Boy and. Pokemon Red and Blue uh, with my first paycheck from Target. And I think this might be my favorite Pokemon game. Oh, it's it is that. so, so good. It's I want to so play good. it, but not even it's so good. And it's uh, I, I honestly it is. It, it reminds me a lot of Elden Ring <laughs> because <laughs> you've got that open world that you can run around in and you've got that instant um, summon mount. And that's a big part of it. Like it's just like Elder Ring. Like you are like in the middle of running. Just press the button, bam, you're on your mount. Press the button again, bam, you're off. Press the button on again, <laughs> off. And you can go almost anywhere because of that. And now it's much more gated and it's much, much smaller. Like the entire world of Pokemon Arceus is not even the size of the first area of Elden Ring. But still, it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. And and it is it is also the first Pokemon game that I would say is even sort of challenging. And it is challenging. Like you will just like be in an area where everything is like level 10. You got your like level 15 starter. You're feeling pretty good. You walk over a hill and there's a level 45 ponytail with glowing red eyes that one shots you. Like it. 
What's and, up? and I don't mean one shots your team. I mean she sets you on fire and you die. Only you don't die. You wake up in camp, but still. That <laughs> does sound lose, cool though. And you lose like half your damn items when it happens too. Huh. Okay. So yeah, I like that. It is it is yeah. You lose your stuff. Your pack falls, and then other players playing will randomly find your backpack where you nah. die. They'll pick it up and then turn it in, and they get a reward, and you get your stuff back. Well, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, and you can do the same thing. So you'll randomly just find people's backpack. But yeah, you'll you'll uh, you'll find someone's backpack and just go to the start menu and go turn in missing packs, and you turn it in, and it gives you a reward for each one you turn in, and then you know that someone else just got their stuff back and is happy about it. So, so that's this cool. is the future of the series. Like, you think this is a direction game? No, for I think this is going to be like the mystery dungeon or the Gale of Darkness kind of stuff, where they do one, you know, once per generation or once every couple of, or yeah, where they do a couple different. of times per generation. Yeah, because they already Pokemon Crimson or Scarlet and Purple or whatever Crimson, Purple and Violet, whatever Something like it is. that. Yeah, red, red and red purple. purple Pokemon Red and Purple <laughs> um, is uh, very much like a traditional from everything that they're showing it's a traditional pokemon game but with a big difference it's like the link link between worlds treatment where you can do the gems in any order that's cool and what it does is it's like if you are in like the level 20 to 30 range and you walk into a gym then the gym leader will use a 20 to 30 range team for you and if you walk in 70 then he's going to throw out a level 70 ish team and so on at least that's that's really cool that's what the previews are saying it's going to do like we don't know for sure but that's what the yeah. people are saying and and then it it looks like it incorporates some of the so it's so it's it's a little open but it's not open the way rcs is rcs is like a very small scale breath of the wild it is small scale i'll say like you go into like you you have like one area open to you at first and then you have to hit a certain milestone and they'll open up a second area and there's like an area boss and then as you open up each area, it opens up another one. But then you can go and explore all of them. You can fast travel around them, uh, in between them, to different like bonfire, you know, camps that are like bonfires. And you know, you can sit at one and pass time to change what time of day it is. So different Pokemon will be out at night and stuff like they normally are. And there will be there will be like world events. So like you'll talk to like the gate guard and he's like, hey, you know, I've heard there's like a surge of this kind of Pokemon at this location. It'll mark it on your map and you go to that location. And for the next like hour or so, that location is just spawning this like one Pokemon constantly, which would be really good for like shiny hunting, for instance, um, if that's your thing. And then um, there will also be these like uh, I think it's like every hour of playtime that you're out in the field there. It'll somewhere in the world, it'll spawn a um, space-time distortion because that's the whole thing in this this game is doing stuff with like the space-time continuum kind of thing because of rcs something something and there will be like a space-time distortion it'll say space-time distortion is opening up in such and such location you can find it on your map and travel there in like five or ten minutes it'll start and it'll just spawn a very different kind of set of pokemon than you normally see there and they're all very hostile and a little more difficult and it also is just spawning items on the ground that you can't normally find laying around and so it's like you'll find like weird pokemon that you wouldn't expect to see in that world like porygon for instance should not be able to exist in rcs was porygon created or something yeah so porygon is created in a lab during the time frame of pokemon red and this is taking place hundreds of years in the past like they invent pokeballs at the beginning of this game like (laughs) there's a pokemon guys like we invented this thing i call it a pokeball 
and you know i'm still trying to test it out here's five of them see how they work and like you're like learning and that's pretty cool though and, yeah and it, it's a prequel to diamond and pearl so it's in the diamond and pearl region uh which is what sino but it's called hisui like h-i-s-u-i but it's the it's the sino region and there's like there's two indigenous clans the diamond clan and the pearl clan and then you know in diamond and pearl instead of team rocket you have team galaxy or team galactic yeah and you are a new member like you you're rescued by a team like you appear randomly from the real world and a scientist for team galactic is like oh hey um let me take you back to our camp and you can live with us and they give you a house and stuff so you're helping team galactic like set up in but like they're they're called like the galactic research team or something like that and it's like okay it's like a scientific team and you're like helping them study pokemon and learn about pokemon and it's like everyone's like they're coming from a world where pokemon like in their time frame and stuff to team galactic anyway wherever they're from people don't have pokemon and they're very like freaked out by pokemon they're all like someone's like i'm, I'm kind of curious about you know seeing a starly which is like the diamond and pearl version of pidgey and you show it to her and she's like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know what it would look like. And then you say, do you want to pet it? She's like, and she jumps away from you. She's like, no, no, no. And I'll stay over here, please. Like they're afraid <laughs> of Pidgeys and stuff. But then the indigenous, the the clans, the Diamond and Pearl, they all like, they live among Pokemon, like live with them. And they're like their spirit animal. Like each of them has like a spirit animal Pokemon, basically. I definitely want to play it. When yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is a lot of fun. And like I said, you get a mount pretty early, but not early enough because... Like every other Pokemon game, it's got to have a long, drawn-out tutorial. I mean, when it comes to like I'd Nintendo, say it's an hour. I can't, I can't buy Nintendo games because I hate paying full price. So I'll just wait until the the next Switch and the next Switch is out and emulated at some point down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth the money. It's worth yeah. the money for if you're, especially uh, if you're a Pokemon fan. I am, and I'm, I'm interested in it. Now, what triangles? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, it does not have multiplayer. That's fine. There's no battling. There's no trading. I mean, well, you, there is trade. You can trade with friends, but that's it. Like, there's no, there's no battles. So there's no PvP at all. Um, and there's very few trainer battles. Like, I would say in the People first Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. First, like twenty hours, you have like two trainer battles, maybe or maybe three, three or four, and it's always like somebody from Team Galactic that's like, "Hey, uh, I've been uh, learning how to battle. Why don't you battle me?" And he's got one Pokemon. <laughs> it's like that so it's it's not that kind of game okay are there any other games you guys want to mention before we go on to tv and movies i wanted to see if anyone has played triangle strategy it's a game i'm interested in i am interested but i haven't gotten it yet that one's pulled the trigger yes yeah, same i thought that that's one i'll probably buy when i finally get tired of blood uh of a Elden Ring. i'm that's so funny i'm in this literally exact same boat i'm like I'm it like, looks like tactic it, yes. Yeah, it's tactics, but with the aesthetic of uh, Octopath. Exactly. Which yeah. is, I'm. That's uh, what I want. I'm looking for that in a game right now. Yeah. I mean, I like I like tactics RPGs. I never finished them, but I like Final Fantasy Tactics. I have four copies of that. <laughs> I like um, I like Fire Emblem games in general, but I never finished them. <sighs> and I always feel like I wasted my money when it's all over with because I'm like I I spent like ten hours of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I just, I'm like, well, this was fun, but I'm kind of done with it. But oh, I guess I it's not a waste. One. You know, a six, you know, it's fine. Um, I, I was, I will say, I've been playing Bloodborne until Elder Ring came out. So 
I've been playing that. <laughs> That's what I've, also, I've also been replaying Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. Oh, I really want I played it once in my, and I really want to go back and replay that game. Yeah, I'm a big, like, um, I would say, other than Souls, Metroidvanias are my favorite genre. Or they're probably my favorite genre, really. And Symphony of the Night is one of my favorite games. And so I really like the other games. But um, I never played Harmony of Dissonance very far. So I started playing that. Um, I got the uh, the Castlevania Advance collection on my PS5, and we'll jump in and play that for like you know 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and just save state. Uh, not using the save states, but just for ease of like. Oh, jump. it has save states. Uh, oh, in the collection, yeah. Okay, good. I'll be buying this collection then once it goes on sale on Steam for sure. Oh yes. yeah, I mean I bought it on sale. Um, it was I bought it on sale for like only like five dollars off but still yeah i'm waiting for 10 that made it yeah i did the same thing like i bought the castlevania uh collection and uh the contra collection and uh i bought all, i bought all the konami collections so far and i don't even like contra and i still bought it because i, was like, I, I, I want won't. konami to start making games again or at least releasing their old good games again so yeah if they're not going to make new games and just keep releasing the old ones but anything to get That's them fine. off of chinko but yeah, that's that's it for me. We could we can move on if y'all are okay. Ready. And I did think of one thing after I opened my mouth that I do want to say. <laughs> I didn't play this, but the Live Live remake finally got announced. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought you were gonna say it was out because I'm definitely getting that. I am too. I mean, I don't like buying games at full price, but I love Live a Live. So. What is Live Live? I've I've seen this new game, but I honestly have, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Well, if you want to hear all about it, there's an episode <laughs> of Games My Mouth. There is. Yeah. Wow. Check it out. Man. It's a it's a uh, it was a Japanese only game yeah. for the Super Famicom, but it was one of those games that got a fan translation and was super popular in the emulation community yes. for years and years. And then it's the one of the yeah. three SquareSoft and uh, NES games that have never co- that didn't come out. Live Live, Treasure super. of Rudras. Well, there's more than three, but the three that super I and, Bah- and Bahamut Lagoon. Super. Yeah, super. It's a like a turn based RPG. Yes. But the, the team that made it, some of them went on to make Octopath Traveler. You're also on a grid. Okay. You're on somewhat of a grid in your battles, but it is a turn-based RPG. Yeah, gotcha. but it's it's using, isn't it using like a similar approach to Octopath Traveler where oh, yeah. you have like like multiple different storyline characters that all have their own disconnected things. That then kind of they connect. each have a very different type story that plays very differently. One is a caveman that's more RPG traditional. One is a cowboy where you just go through collect items, set up traps, and then you have a big fight. Uh, one is a ninja where you sneak around a big building and you fight people. One's a wrestler where you just fight battles one after another in a tournament type style. Yeah, I have a suspicion that it was supposed to be live a life. Oh, and it yeah. got mistranslated because that would make so much more sense because you're like playing through like six or eight different lives. Basically. Kyle, I will be buying this game probably pretty quick. Yeah, and then the the new the remake is done in that Octopath Traveler diorama style. And this is a game that once I buy it, I'm gonna try to put it on the show because once it's actually out, I could. I mean, because when I try, this is also one of the when I barely got a guess for this one because I had three guesses. And then one was a good friend of mine who was a good friend of mine had backed out because he just didn't have time to play it. Who the guy introduced me to it back in the day. Another friend or was my co-host. He couldn't make it because he just couldn't get into the game. And I barely found someone on Overblows like, yeah, sure. I'll talk about it with you. So yeah, I'm 100% well, I, doing when, it again it, with the remake. When you get ready for it, let me know. I'll buy it okay. and play it because I'm, I'm very interested in it. I like the idea behind it. And then I was saying, I don't know if it's someone from that team, if people from that team went on to make Octopath, but I know Octopath was a homage to 
live a lot, live a live. Uh, very cool. It's a very good game. And then all, everything connects in the, you know, and then you, you have, you have a lot of really cool stuff to it. It's a very good game. I really That's like my it. Problem with Octopath, like that, I felt like there wasn't a bigger narrative or strong narrative, at least driving these eight. It just felt like eight random people traveling. Yeah. Together. That was mm. the downside to Octopath. This is my episode. And you, 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 we explained it all. I'm pretty sure, but yeah. <laughs> it didn't do very well. Cause it's such an unknown game at that time. All right. right. And then, yeah. I will go to TV series. I'll start. I have been watching a show on Netflix that I recommend people should watch. Inventing Anna. I don't know if you ever. My fiance just finished it. It's really fucking good. I haven't heard of it. It's about a con. It's about a woman who was a con artist in 2016, 2017. She did it for years and and just tricked a bunch of banks and people in New York and just kind of lived off other people for a while. Oh, is it a true story? Mo- yes, I mean, of course, they exaggerate stuff in the Netflix documentary because you know Netflix, but it the, it is true. And I looked up oh, a bunch okay. of stuff. I thought I thought it must be like a dramatic series. No, it's it's she did a lot of the stuff that they. I mean, some of the stuff in there she didn't do, like it didn't happen, but it she did a lot. <laughs> she tricked a lot of people. She tricked banks. She impersonated other people. Like, yeah, it's it's very interesting though. It's yeah, really worth watching. Really, really, she really, really liked it. I saw the back, you know, I was it laying in bed or whatever and saw the few episodes. I, I do like that actress that plays her, uh, the girl from Ozark. Julia Garner. Uh, yes, yeah, she she does a really good job. The the accent just, uh, you know, made me giggle a few times just listening <laughs> to her in the background. But that's the point, I think. Yeah. Um, but she really liked it. So I've heard good things. It's really good. I, I if, if you, I, I say watch it, you but you have to watch from the beginning. Like I, I, I get picked up the end of episode two and nothing made sense. And I went and rewatched episode one. I'm like, oh, okay. essentially what she did is she said that she had a lot of money at home and that she didn't get her her money until she turned 25. So she found people who were willing to loan her money or help her out because they thought and really she never had anything. She was just good at lying and writing fake checks and getting fake checks to be deposited in banks. So then she take the money out before they realize what they did. Stuff like that is how she made all her made a lot of her money to get by. Yeah, it, it's worth watching. Blake, anything you've been watching you want to mention? A few. So I honestly, I don't watch probably as much TV or movies as as a lot of my friends stuff. But I did finish The Expanse um, on Amazon Prime. A little disappointed. I thought the ending was um, Game of Thrones syndrome. I guess oh. it felt a little rushed. The whole last season felt like they they could have went different directions with it. But all in all, still a fantastic sci-fi show. Maybe one of the best sci-fi shows ever made. Uh, have you I, read the Have you read the books? No, but I think I'm. I think that's going to be my next stop because I want more yeah. of that universe. So yeah, I am. Um, I I did uh, the. I don't normally do audiobooks, but I bought the. I think I bought the first three books on on uh, Audible, and I listened to the first book and I really liked it a lot. And then I started the second book and I just couldn't get into it because um, my favorite character. Well, you know, from watching the show that there's some particular characters that are in the first season that definitely can't be in the second season. Sure. All right. Well, yeah. So same problem with the book and the main characters of what turns out to be the main characters of the TV series anyway, um, are also the main characters in the books. And I'm not a fan of that. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. that the <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but, but yeah. my favorite characters die in the first book. And so I'm like, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so then yeah. with the series, I, uh, I had already read the book, so I'm watching the show, and I know what's going to happen, and so I just didn't get into it as much. But I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I just didn't get into it enough to stick with it after the first season. 
Okay. Yeah, I think but, I'm going to try the audio. It is good. You're back right. Back. It is very good. And it's definitely, out, I would say outside of like Star Trek, it's probably the best sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi TV series. It's certainly worth the watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, the, I, yeah, the ending, it's it's not going to make most people happy, I don't think. It leaves a lot of stuff kind of unresolved. It's I, I really don't understand. I mean, there must be behind-the-scenes reasons. It was a six-episode final season in a show not that sure. could have. Well, I think I uh, think the thing is is that it never had big ratings and it got yeah. a like big uh, cult following. But I mean, it was canceled at one point and got picked back up because of the like fan outcry. But it's like a small, like rabidly loyal fan base that's super in love with this series. But it's not the big numbers that they were hoping for. I think, which yeah, it was, yeah, it was originally Sci-Fi Channel and it got moved to Amazon Prime. Is that right? Yes, I believe that. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. So. So that I can I can see that that Amazon Amazon Prime is cautious I think like they gave the Wheel of Time eight eight episodes and uh, I need to watch that. Uh, do we want to talk about that? <laughs> I haven't seen it although uh, I've never read the book either. It's on my radar. Okay, so it's my favorite series of books. I've read all fourteen books three times plus oh, the prequel. Okay, I've only read the prequel once, but it's like a no, you only need to read it once. Yeah, I mean it's I like it, but it's very much a it's not. It's just a little fun little side story. The TV show actually borrows from that prequel a lot. That makes sense, though. It it's makes high. a lot of sense, because in the, the prequel, Moraine and Lan are the main characters, and in the show, the only famous actor is Rosamund Pike playing Moraine, so it makes sense. Whereas in the book, she is very much not a main... She is a important character, but she's not what you would call the main character in the books at all. But no, I mean, when you think with the way the books go, there is the main character switches from book to book at, after oh, that, a while. That is, yeah, to some extent. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say about the show, I watched the first episode and I hated it, but I was like, you know what? Pilots often are bad. Let me give it a chance. So I watched the second episode. It was great. Third episode, even better. Fourth episode, amazing. I'm like, I am on board with the show. Fifth episode, it's okay. It had some problems. It was all right. Sixth episode, getting worse. Seventh episode mostly good and then nosedives at the end and then the eighth episode is one of the worst episodes of television i've ever seen it's oh. so bad it retroactively made me hate the entire season okay how far does it cover the first book it only? covers the first book okay so the ending of the show as confusing as the ending of that first book yeah no i mean it's so different it's so okay. incredibly different that i think it, it it definitely bears a resemblance to the wheel of time but it is like Will of Time fan fiction, big time. Okay. It makes huge changes. And not that the thing is, like, so there's a certain horrible section of the internet that was really mad that they made a bunch of the characters people of color. And yeah. I, I thought that was great. I was 100% happy with that. And like, Jap, you know, Japanese land, yes. He uses, he, he quotes Japanese like proverbs all the damn time in the books. His fighting style is based off of Kendo. Yes, that's great. Making most of the Edmund Fielders, um, you know, black or some variation. Awesome. Sounds good. They're described as dark all the time. It never says they're white. I don't care about that stuff, but it's just random things. They changed. Like there's a point where Moraine has run off and left land and he doesn't know she's gone until she's already gone. And he could obviously track her with the bond. Right. Yeah. But she's, she's blocked it. She's, she, I guess. Right. And then he is like, Oh, but you see Moraine has a certain tell and the way she walks. And I'm going to tell you that tell, and then you'll be able to find her. And so Minnie Eve teaches Lan how to track his Aes Sedai. Okay, that's... Yeah, it's stuff like that. There's a point where 
I mean, I'm I'm going to be ruining things if I tell you too much more about how they changed. But oh, it's fine. I... Just think about really huge things that Rand does, and then imagine that Egwin does them. Just because I don't remember much of the first book, so I can't speak a lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just say there is there is a scene where five, four untrained wilders and one rejected accepted take down an army, take down an entire army by themselves. They didn't take down anybody in the first book like that, though. Rand does. God, I don't remember when he is when he drinks in the pull of the power of the eye of the world. Oh, you're talking about the end of the, okay. That I don't remember unadulterated power ever. And he literally is taken over by Luz Theron and he gateways into the Trolloc army and just annihilates them. Okay. I don't remember a lot of that ending. Yeah. It's, and I'm sorry, I'm ruining it, but it's, and the ending is so bad. It's so for anyone that didn't watch this or read the books. It makes absolutely no sense. No, right now, the, the actor that, that played Matt abruptly left the show before they finished filming the season. Why? No one knows. No one, know, no one has said yet. There's all sorts of speculation. We know that COVID <sighs> hit the set really bad and that caused them to have to cut a bunch of stuff. So the final episode hurts from that because they couldn't use real actors for like the battle scenes because they could only have like 10 people on set at once. So it's like that, that is, that's an issue, but you know, you could forgive them for that. But yeah, Matt, just leaves the show which he's one of the main characters throughout the entire yep. series yep yep he just leaves the show at the end of the sixth episode he's done okay that's bad because the actor because the actor and then so they used re repurposed footage through like a filter with cgi to show what he was up to from without his face <laughs> being shown and stuff like that but it's that's uh, bad yeah and, and it, yeah and and so yeah the there's certain good things their version of Eamon Valda, the the um, I don't the, remember these people. <laughs> the, the the child the from the the children of the the children of light. Okay, the, the racist. The, yeah, so he they combined him and Dane Bornhold into one character, and he is incredible. He is okay. menacing and scary and really cool. And he like walks around. He has like uh, around his neck. He just has acid eye rings from all the acid eye he's murdered. Oh, okay, um, that's kind and, of cool. Yeah, and they like like there's a scene where he has an ace. It's like a cold open to one of the episodes where he has an acid eye tied up, and he's you and he's like taunting her and stuff about how she can't channel. You're like, why can't she channel? And then you see that he's cut off in her hands and caught oh. and she has to use. She's one of those that has to use her hands to channel which is the thing in the books a lot of the aci yeah. don't know how to channel without using their hands and stuff like that it's it's really good and um they made some like major changes like parents married in it to start off that's weird yeah because well, that take that's going to change his entire story with falcon later well it, you, you'll see but okay. yeah i like uh, theory they, a lot they also definitely they aged everyone up and adulted it up i mean Egwene and ran fuck in the first episode oh Sorry, they have sex in the first episode. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, we swear in the show all the time. Okay, yeah, all right. They fuck in the first episode. Okay, I don't like that either because okay. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that this game, this this show is like torn between wanting to be for the fans, but wanting to be incredibly different, and wanting to be Game of Thrones, but not wanting to be Game of Thrones. And they needed to pick a lane. And I think the lane they should have picked was a show for the fans, because all they did is alienate 90% of the people that like the books. And that's going to be the audience. That's going to actually come back for this in the second season. Yeah. I might watch this at some point. Cause I do want to record about it, but we'll see. 
I will say that the tag at the end of episode eight is pretty cool. So there's that. Okay. I don't oh, know. Any... They like it. Some people like it. I don't understand how they like it, but they do. Uh, Blake, anything else you've been watching you want to mention? There is one thing, and this this could end up being a hot take on here. I don't know. I'm kind of sure. curious how it's going to go over. I saw the Batman, and I thought it was so bad. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but all I've heard is how good it is. Same. And universal praise. And so me and two friends, I went and watched it that, you know, opening day. We watched it and independently walked out and was just like, man, that was that was really bad, right? Like, was that just me? And it was all, we were just like, no, that was, yeah, that was a pretty bad movie. And we left. And then I see, I feel like I'm being gaslit by the entire world. When I see just these like, I've seen people talking Oscar about it. It's mind blowing. I mean, <laughs> mind blowing. To oh, me. I wish I'd seen it. So we could either argue or convince. <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I, too, I, I mean, I, I see people on the internet like, yeah, love it. But I don't know that I've seen a, a physical live person who's who's argued with me about this. So I, I, I have a similar feeling about a movie on my list. I just don't know. Man. I'm flabbergasted. Like it, it is a beautiful movie. Cinematography was incredible. So many shots look fine. And the actors themselves, I think all had fine individual performances. But I, I just I thought it made. Nothing that was happening was really making any sense at any point to me. And I was just stunned by what I was watching here. And then to see that people <laughs> were praised yeah. as to some sort of like masterpiece was just like. I've, I've only heard good things up to now. So I'm really curious. My um, I teach high school and my students keep telling me how good it is. But that doesn't really mean anything. Because <laughs> right. they're 17 <laughs> years old. So I'm like, I don't know if it's a good thing that you like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I want someone to explain to me why they think it's i mean i've read reviews and whatnot and i'm just like i just i could did we watch the we same movie? Watch a different movie yeah, yeah I, have, uh, I have a movie on my list that i'm exactly the same experience okay what movie is that matrix revolutions god <laughs> dang that was a terrible movie and it blows my mind that people like it <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's been divisive i've never seen it and have no um particular attachment to the matrix franchise well, not, not only do i think it's bad but like People have the attitude that if you think it's bad, you're part of the problem because the movie's very up its own butt about about it's so I, I get it. About right? fan, I, fan expectations is a big kind yeah, of I get that. And the the movie is like very so if you only watch the first forty five minutes, I was watching it and I was like, Oh man, this is hilarious. I love this because it's just so obviously just a big middle finger to Matrix fans. From like clearly Lana Wachowski just going, oh, y'all want me to make another Matrix movie? Fuck you. And you're like, cool, I could appreciate that. And it's pretty funny and slapstick and silly. And then at exactly the 48 minute mark, it just becomes a Matrix movie, a very standard big budget Matrix movie, but as if directed by someone who's never heard of an action movie before. So it's an action movie, has fight scenes. The fight scenes are boring and poorly choreographed and badly shot. And people are going, oh, yeah, see, that's on purpose. Because it's supposed to like subvert your expectations. Like, no, I think they just did a bad job. The first yeah. half of the movie is subverting expectations. The second half is just a really badly made Matrix movie. And I mean yeah. really bad. Matrix is famous for how well choreographed the fight scenes are and how well shot they are. And the second half of the movie is full of fight scenes and they're all terrible. Every second of them is badly choreographed. The fighting is dumb and not good. I mean they managed to make Keanu Reeves look bad doing kung fu it's <laughs> okay. like his thing is that he's good at looking like he knows how to do kung fu 
It's it's yeah. so bad. It's so bad. And the first, I think the thing is, is the first 45 minutes is bad on purpose in a fun way to where you're like, oh, this is hilarious. I like this. This is like a spoof of the Matrix making fun of people for wanting another Matrix movie. Literally, a character goes, our parent company, Warner Brothers Interactive, has decided to make a fourth Matrix. He says that to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He says that <laughs> phrase word for word. And Keanu Reeves goes, can they do that without me? And he says, at this point, they're going to make it with or without us, so we might as well get on board. And it's like, oh, this is hilarious. All right, fine. Well done, Lana Wachowski. But then, yeah, then it just becomes a paint-by-numbers Matrix sequel. It's a fine line to walk. Like, making something intentionally bad and then lampshading it, you know, as bad to be a good product is is a very fine line to walk because you may just make something bad instead you know i think it does a good job of it for the first 45 minutes but i would suggest personally watching the first 45 minutes and then just being like all right cool i saw it the minute they decide to wake neo up from the matrix is the point that i would jump out of that movie if i had it to do over again (laughs) not to go back too far if you both guys see black panther i assume right yes Yes. okay so one i Fantastic movie, and I love it. But one of my biggest issues with that movie, and this applies to Batman and a lot of other movies, I think in general now, is that they have, when you make such a compelling bad guy, that you have to have him do something uncharacteristically shitty just to turn the audience against him. Yep. Like this, this, this. That fear is the best white panther to a T. Absolutely. This fear of making a truly compelling villain, villain because the audience has to basically. Or the studio thinks the audience needs a good guy win, bad guy lose scenario at the end of every film. I mean, I, I call it, I mean, that is the Marvel syndrome right there, like to a T. Mar- Marvel, yeah. I love MP- MCU for what it is, but they are these like four quadrant big sky movies that they're making. They they cannot be too nu- nuanced. They've got to stick to the plot. They've got to stick to the, the, the numbers and they can deviate here and there a tiny bit. But in the end, they're always going to fight a big bad guy at the end, big action set piece every single time. It's yeah. it's killing me, man. As a huge Marvel fan, and I, I know Mike is too. I'm sure most of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's. The best MCU movies always devolve into big fight at the end. Like, I'm, I'm that person that likes Iron Man 3 a lot, but the last 20 minutes of that is just a standard Marvel movie. It's like they let Shane Black almost make a Shane Black movie. And then they're like, yeah, but at the end, you got to have 30 sets of Iron Man armor fight a big glowing guy. Yeah. Just treat treat the audience with some intelligence here. Like, we can determine who's right or wrong based on their actions, not because they randomly murder their girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> and the, the, the Marvel series do the same thing. I mean, you look at WandaVision. It's this innovative, crazy, you know, interesting series. And then the last episode, uh, our big flying fight in the sky with magic. Big magic flying fight. The Monica Rambo line, uh, they'll never know what you gave up or sacrificed or however it's worded, is just one of the most tone deaf lines possibly in TV history. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. I still laugh about that sometimes. Yeah. And I loved I loved WandaVision until the I last episode. Uh, uh, yeah. And I, I, I really I, liked I, Loki. And but it also Loki Loki had that problem slightly less, but it still had it. I like the whole thing of Loki from what I remember. Yeah, I do love Loki. I mean, I think it's the best of all those series. Um, I I watched Hawkeye. That's another one I saw Hawkeye's recently. Hawkeye's pretty good. Yeah, Hawkeye was fine. I mean, I would put it somewhere in the neighborhood of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's not good. <laughs> oh, I like I like Falcon and Winter oh, okay. Soldier. But it, I think they both, I don't know. Hawkeye is fine, but it has like some really badly choreographed fight scenes. 
and that ending. I've never been a fan of Kingpin is superhuman, but isn't thing. I get that that's from the comics, but I think it's dumb. Like Vincent D'Onofrio should not be like throwing people through walls and stuff. Eh, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, but it's fine. I saw if we're talking TV though, really good superhero shows, uh, peacemaker guys, peacemaker. Uh, I haven't seen it, but it seems the most James Gunniest thing that's ever been James Gunn. It is the most James Gunn thing that's ever James Gunn. And I love it. I love James Gunn. I love super. I love guardians of the galaxy one and two. Well, one, especially, uh, I love the the, the suicide squad. The suicide squad is to me the best DC movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, and this is. Did you like the Suicide Squad? Well, here's some more of it, but but still really good, and it's not going to get stale at all. And John Cena is apparently a really good actor, like a good dramatic actor, and a good, and it's got some like really like dark, deep stuff in it. It deal it's dealing with like PTSD. I mean, I think it's it's so good. It's so good. So I have a question for you about it. Yeah. Um, we've watched this the, the Suicide Squad. Um, one of my issues with the Peacemaker show was, I guess, twofold, is that I didn't really care so much for him as a character in the movie. But yeah. more importantly, his actions, one particular action that I don't want to spoil, just felt like I just it would be really hard for me to now follow a show. With that, that, that is the whole point of the show. He's okay, dealing with that, and he's dealing with, am I a good guy or am I a villain? And okay. dealing with that his past and what and you see why he became the way he became. And it's so well done. It's so well done. And Robert Patrick is in it. You know, the the T one thousand from Terminator Two. Right. Plays his like super racist superhero supervillain dad. And he's really good in it. And you'll be like super attached to a character and then they're just dead. They're just straight dead. And they're not coming back. They are dead dead. And you no, do not see it coming. And it's got it's it's got some really cool. It's got a lot of really good fight sequences. Music is really good. I mean, I just can't speak highly enough of Peacemaker. It's one of the best shows I've seen in years. It's definitely the best like comic book TV series ever. Like, wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, even better like, than The Boys, which I hear is like kind of bandied about as one of the. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, The Boys is really good. The Boys has had like two seasons though. True. It, and Peacemaker is very clearly a one and done series. I mean, they could, oh, okay. they could, I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, they could do a, another se- season, but I don't think they need to. I think it did what it needed to do in the first season and doesn't really, I think it would suffer from a second season. Uh, the boys is incredibly good, but it's got two seasons to do that. And it's got its bad episodes sprinkled in there. I've never um, actually think, watched it, but it's on my list. I think the boys is really good. The comic is bad. The boys comic is terrible. I would not watch. I would not read it. I read the first issue. Let me say, I'm not going to say it's terrible. It's very different. And the ways that it's different, the show is better. The changes that the boys TV series makes are for the better, which is rare. That's what, yeah. Yeah. I I feel the same way about Preacher. I like the Preacher TV series. I know the comic is very sacrosanct, but I think the series is better. But yeah, Peacemaker is, is really, really good. And it, I, I love it because, you know, I don't know if you know the history of Peacemaker as a character. I don't. So DC bought Charleston. So back in like the 50s, one of the big comic publishers was Charleston Comics. And they went out of business in the 70s and DC bought them. And DC bought all these characters. And they hired Alan Moore to make a 12 series, a 12 uh, issue series 
about these Charleston characters and he made the Watchmen and then they made him change the names because of what he because of what the Watchmen is like. They're like, oh, no, we don't want you to ruin our established characters. So uh, Peacemaker is the basis for the comedian in Watchmen. Oh, does that give you some perspective there on what he's like in the comics? (laughs) Yeah. So like that's that I think what they do with that character is like, what if you actually gave the comedian a legitimate arc of redemption, which you really can't since he like rapes one of the main characters. Um, Right. Yeah. But if he wasn't a rapist, could you imagine a scenario where you could actually write a really good redemption arc for a comedian? And I think that's a and little that, that's good. That's my problem with Peacemaker. I'm glad it addresses that because not not to obviously compare. Oh, it's the crime, first but. five. The first five minutes, he is like talking to a uh, a. Uh, I get. I think he's Indian. He might be Pakistani. Sorry, he's he's on uh, Shit's Creek. He he plays the realtor on Shit's Creek. If you know that, yeah, okay. Uh, that guy. He's a he's like a janitor at the hospital when Peacemaker wakes up. And P- and he's like, who are you? And he tells him, and he's like, oh, you're that like super racist superhero that's always killing brown people. And he's like, what? No, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you are, dude. You really are. You're racist as hell. He's like, no. Like, I mean, okay, if people of color happen to do more crime, and I was like, people of color don't do more crime. You're just picking them out. And he just like is like yelling at him for it. And he's like, well, well, you know, all right, fine. From now on, I will make sure to kill a disproportionately high number of white people criminals, <laughs> so that i don't seem racist to you he's like thank you that's all i'm asking for it's that kind of thing it's it's pretty funny okay all i've right. heard nothing but good things about it which yeah. i was not expecting yeah so it's i watched uh, list. officially it's now on the list of shows that i may watch one day so, that's yeah, so i watched a lot of tv i've got other stuff um just on that hbo kick i just finished uh, the righteous gemstones second season uh, i have a friend that tells me it's the what the best show it's like his favorite show and i have to watch it I do think it's the best show currently on HBO for sure. Nice. It's really good. It's it's really good. If you like Danny McBride, that's a big part. My friend, I have a friend who's like, I like Danny McBride, but I wish he would play someone other than Danny McBride. Uh, yeah. no, this is just straight. What if Danny McBride was uh, the son of a mega, was a assistant pastor at a family mega church? That's it. It's just Danny McBride. He is Danny McBriding it up. But. That's the- <laughs> you've also got adam divine in it you've also got god i don't know what her name is she was on Saturday Night live um you've got uh john goodman is amazing in it is it cecily strong be the one goggins say what uh cecily strong is that the is that the snl alum oh i don't i don't know i don't know okay but, but i know but walton it, goggins is amazing so that's a selling point right there yeah uh walton goggins is incredible in it is he is basically he is playing this like ridiculously corrupt morally bankrupt preacher who's also like a leech on the family and it's his uh they his name his they call him baby billy and so everyone calls him baby billy including his like child bride because he like he impregnates like a um like 18 year old girl and they're who's like a who devoted to him and she she she's like from Appalachia, and she's like, "Baby Billy, can you get me my funyuns? My baby's got the cravings." It's like that, and he's like, "Oh, baby, I just got you funyuns." It's 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 so good. It's got uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to find who the the like main female character is in it, but it's it's really really good. Oh, it's a uh, Edie pa- Edie Patterson is who I was thinking of. I don't know if she's on SNL or not. I might have been getting her mixed up with someone else. 
But Edie Patterson is uh, is in it, and she's really good. It's got one Jonas brother <laughs> playing himself. Okay. And it's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's it's perfect. This sounds um, really odd. Yeah, it is. It is really really good. I I just can't talk enough about it. And the second, it's it's also like there's like a real thing with Adam Devine's character where it's just like really clear that if he wasn't this evangelical, you know, youth minister that he would be, that he, that he would know that he's gay. So it's dealing with like, it definitely has that thing going because he's got this like devotee, this like devotee who's like a former Satanist who has like six, six, six <laughs> tattooed on his chest. who was just like worships him like the second Messiah. And they're constantly nude together, but neither of them is, is aware of their sexuality. And, and, it's a whole thing. It's really, I just can't talk highly enough of this show. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. You have me thoroughly confused. If you, if you grew up, <laughs> if you grew up in the like, kind of like evangelical world, it is brutally accurate. <laughs> okay. It is, it is brutal in its accuracy to that. Well, and I have a, I have a couple of movies I want to mention real quick that I did watch. I've, I went and rewatched Harry Potter six and seven and finished the, and finished the Harry Potter series. Hey, we just did that. We just watched through the whole series as a family. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm ever since JK Rowling did her thing. I have a hard time with it, but my son loves it. And I, I used to just really love the Harry Potter series so much. So I, I try to, I try to open my mind to it. She's terrible. That's all. Yeah, my my thing is I bought I bought them on uh I bought them used on Blu-ray, so she's not getting my money. So I figure, <laughs> I figure that's okay. So, I mean, she's still okay to enjoy a product that I mean, it is, it is, created it the is. world. I have a time with that sometimes because I can sometimes I can see the seams a little bit. But yeah, no, I I recently watched them. I think the seventh and eighth movie are actually quite good. Yeah, they they are. I had never seen all of Deathly Hollows Part Two before. I had just never gotten around to it. So it was nice to finally watch that movie from beginning to end. I think I think it is good. I think it's honestly better than the eighth book, the seventh book. To be totally honest, I like the seventh book. I can't but I, I felt, it. Yeah, the seventh book is the only one that I've only read once because uh, every time the series would come, every time a new book would come out, I would read the whole series again up to that one coming out. So, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. So as the yeah, so the seventh one is the only one I've only read once. So I don't know. It was a good movie. I was I enjoyed yeah. it more than I was expecting to. Uh, I also rewatched Encanto again. Oh yeah, my wife. Good. <laughs> always been a huge kick with the music in that movie, so it, she put it on a few different times. And I just watch it while I edit. That's a pretty good film. Yeah, yeah, it's growing I, on I, me. I I think it's good. I'm glad. Um, I like that Pixar is is Pixar and Disney. Uh, is this one Pixar or is it Disney? It I'm not sure. Disney. Does it matter? Yeah, it's Disney. Turning red is Pixar. They just they just really okay. I think it's good how things are getting a little like they're, they're being a little more representative. Yes. And I think that's always a good thing. Uh, I am, I am Hispanic and I, so I, I enjoy that to it. Like I really, I thought Coke, if we're talking about that, I, I liked Coco a lot more, um, but I liked Encanto. All right. I mean, I liked it. I did like it. I liked it. I'm not a big Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. I feel like his music gets really samey. Like, <laughs> I, I felt like I watched Encanto and I'm like, oh, this is extremely similar to a song from uh, from Hamilton, like super similar. The okay. one that everyone is super in love with. Bruno? Yeah, that song. Um, or no, you know what? Not Bruno. The I didn't like what we don't talk about Bruno. I like the song with her, the, uh, the, the sister, big, the sister, the heavy, the big yeah, like. That's a good song. Sister. I, I like that. that. But that song is very similar to uh, Take My Shot from Hamilton. Never. If you listen, if you listen to it, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm a weird person because I am a U.S. history teacher. I'm uh, and and Hamilton is my one of my favorite founding fathers, and I don't like the musical Hamilton. <laughs> and I know what it is. People are always telling me like, "Oh, have you watched epic rap battles of history?" Blah blah blah. I hate epic rap battles of history because it's people that are bad at rapping, rapping badly with badly written raps. And I feel like <laughs> Hamilton is the same thing with slightly better writing, but I don't think it's good. Like the music is, I don't like the music. I never watched Hamilton or anything. This is the most unpopular opinion that's ever existed, but I, I am a U.S. history teacher that does not like Hamilton and my students all expect me to love Hamilton. And anytime they ask me about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I won't say anything bad about it because I don't want to, you know, and the other there's two other movies. One, I'm going to wait a second, but the other one I watched, I finally watched the birds of, Birds of Prey with one Harley Quinn. Yeah. I finally watched that film on on HBO Max. Yeah, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. I was surprisingly I don't it's one I missed it in theaters because COVID and I just never got around to it. And I was just like, we we should really watch this finally. So I put it on with my wife and I'm like, this is this is actually a good movie. She didn't like the fact that they don't become like a team until the very end of the movie, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's set up for the sequel. It isn't greenlit or coming at this point. So I, I, I liked it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't necessarily say it was good, but I liked it anyway. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is fun. This is a fun little romp. I like parts of it. There's parts of it that I really hate. Um, I hate the intro because I don't like that. It reminds me of the intro to uh, have you ever seen The Pest? No. Okay, so it's the thing where someone's like moving real fast, then it slows down. Moving real fast, slows down. Moving real fast, slows down. It like annoys me. It's a thing in movies. The pe- the intro to the pest does the same thing where someone like dancing around real jolly, and the camera speed sped up, and then it slows down, sped up, slows down. And she's doing the same thing when she's like having her like post Joker breakup binge in the bar at the beginning. Oh yeah, that annoyed me and made me bounce off of it. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm just gonna skip the beginning. And then I liked it a lot. And then I thought. Again, I'm I'm a big fan of like well choreographed fight scenes, and man, the bit the core the fight scenes at the end are bad. Oh, oh so bad. I like this. They're so the it's just badly choreographed. Like they they needed to hire professional stunt people to do the fight scenes because I'm sorry, Rosie Perez can't. She can't. I'm also a sucker for any movie with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. So oh yeah, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's, she's awesome. my favorite movie ever. So you know, that's yeah, it. she's great. Is it Scott Pilgrim? That's oh, my favorite. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. The top three yeah. movie for me, absolutely. Yeah, I love Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I love it. I love Mary Elizabeth so Winstead. She randomly shows up and stuff. I mean, she she randomly shows up singing on a Portugal the Man album. Nice. Yeah, she 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 sings in the uh, in track ten on the first album or their well their first big one. I was gonna say I also just one more TV show. I watched Euphoria, their second season. Just how is like that? This, I like it a lot, but I can see people not liking it. I can also see people thinking I'm a creep for liking it because oh. <laughs> has a whole lot of characters that are supposed to be teenagers having sex in it. It's a, it is a very sexual show, but I mean, the actors are all in their twenties, so I don't think it's a big deal. And it's, it's, it is really well done. It handles addiction really well. I feel like, especially the second season. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I know it's got Zendaya in it. I like her. So that she, will probably be I, enough. I will tell you, like, she is going <laughs> to win an Oscar someday. Yeah, she's amazing. She, right? Yeah, she is. She, like, seriously had me sobbing in the second season, crying in it. Okay, it's, maybe I'll have to check it out. She is amazing, especially if you have ever, like, 
had a loved one who's an, who's an addict and she like will occasionally break the fourth wall and talk to you. And she, in like one of the episodes, she just, she just goes, so I just want to let you know in this episode, you're really going to hate me because I know everyone's hoping like, Ooh, I'm going to get clean Everything's going to be good, but you know what? Fuck that. And then she goes off the deep end hard. Okay. I mean, it, it gets raw. Like there, there is a line where this like really nice, they have like, cause they'll play things for comedy. And so they had this like one drug dealer who's like a supplier for smaller dealers. And she's like a school, she's like a retired school teacher and she's like really sweet. And she just straight up says to the main character, who's a teenage girl, she goes, Hey, so listen, don't screw me on this because if you do, I'm going to sell you to some really bad people because, you know, I like you and everything, but I always find a way to make my money back. It just says that real matter of factly. And you're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like this was like funny. And now it, it gets dark fast and it, it's, it's really good. It deals with abuse, sexuality, addiction, really, it really well. I think it's a really great series, especially the second season. Second okay. season is really good. I'll check it out. I need cool. a new show anyway at this point. So yeah. And then I just binge watched all of Shit's Creek for the first time and I love it. I love it so much. Fantastic show. So good. So <laughs> Never good. Seen it. Oh my God. Maureen O'Hara. <laughs> if you, I, I love Maureen O'Hara. Like, so much and she is a caricature in that show and she is just fully into it and it's it's wonderful which which character uh she plays the mom my oh yeah and she made that character too like i watched the making of they they put out like a a documentary um for the end of the series called like uh kindest uh warm feelings kindest regards or something like that and uh, where they're just talking, it's, it's a documentary they made during the filming of the last season. And uh, they talked about when they brought her in, she read for the character. She's like, you know what? I was thinking she should dress really crazy, wear lots of wigs and do an accent because why not? And they're like, okay. And then, so she like created that character as it is. It was not supposed to be that way. And yeah, that show is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moira is, a, is a, a standout character for sure. Yeah. I mean, every, but everyone in that show is so good everyone like the i think chris elliott sometimes gets on my nerves in that show but he's supposed to so yes it's okay any other shows you've been watching like i have trouble just because i end up i'll just end up re-watching community or parks and rec again <laughs> the 12th or Same. Time. Same. So like, let's, i just yeah let's see i did watch not too long ago me and my fiance finally got around a russian doll on netflix and Ooh, it was yeah. so how is that Holy shit. So good. So good. Uh, it's incredible. So season two comes out soon. So now's the perfect time to go ahead and hop on there. If you haven't seen it, it's, I have never seen it. I've, I've heard of it. It's so, so good. Especially. I think it's a series that benefits from binging from watching it all. Like at once, like a, couple, a few sittings because it really tight. It really feels more like a good eight hour movie. Almost. If that makes sense. Okay. Well, check it out then. Cause it's, yeah, we, it is very good. Yeah. Very plot forward so like uh, uh, episode ends and it just has that binge of like god shit i have to go watch it yeah that's uh, the show where i'm like staying up till three o'clock and when i watched it i was like staying up till like three o'clock in the morning so i could watch the next episode because i couldn't not see the next episode yeah the only, the only other two things i would say two comedy shows that uh, i don't know uh nathan for you which is a bit old at this point but is one of the most brilliant pieces of television yeah nathan for you is great and I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yes, I was like, gonna. I had that on my list. Like, I, 
that Holy is so shit. good. It's so, so funny. I didn't um, realize there was a new season that had yeah. been for a while, and I watched it all like in a like a day or two. Mike, do you have any idea what we're talking about? Nope. Nothing. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sketch show. Oh, that's why. I stay away from stuff like that. I'm afraid your baby thinks knows that I used to be a piece of shit, and I just want you to know that that's okay. Like, <laughs> I used to be a real piece of shit. Like, I used to just be such a piece of shit, but I'm not anymore. It just, it, oh, it's man. so quotable. Holy shit. It is so funny. Oh, that's what I start screaming. I think you should leave quotes right now, even though no one will get them except Carrie. And I love oh, that. I and love it of so much. Old shows. I went back to Star Trek. I've been watching Star Trek Next Generation again. One of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, man. Oh, the first season was murdering me. The first 10 episodes are bad. They are bad episodes. But then when the show, like, I'm on season, I just finished season two and I'm on three. And God, does it get good. Like, once you get, I mean, the second half of season yeah. one picks up and then it just doesn't stop. And then once Tasha Yar dies, it gets even better. Yeah, that's that's my thing is I, I feel like like I, I will go back and rewatch TNG periodically. I've watched the whole series several times. Oh, God. But what normally happens for me is I pick like five or six episodes to watch from season one and five or six to watch from season two. And then I watch every episode after that. Two is fine. I had two no is, problem with two. Two is fine, but I don't like Dr. Pulaski. Uh, yeah, she's I not I do not like her at character all. at all. I don't like Pulaski. I, I do actually like Wesley Crusher, but I don't really like him till he – basically till he leaves almost. <laughs> I really like him when he goes – like when he goes to Starfleet Academy like that. When does he um, leave? I think okay, it's, when, it's, he goes, it, when he goes to the I'm, Academy. And that, that episode um, – the the highest du- it's the highest duty i think it's what it's called which is dealing with you know he uh, an investigation into a death at starfleet academy that wesley is involved in due to like it's kind of like a not hazing but it's kind of like a hazing thing okay and uh it is the origin of tom paris in voyager kind of oh because um, yes i know what you're talking about now vaguely yeah because he was so his character in voyager is based on his character from that but they had to change the name because they couldn't the uh, they would have to basically every single episode of Voyager would have to pay royalties to the screenwriter of that particular episode of D- of uh, TNG. Oh, so they so just changed the name. They just changed the character's name, and that's it. And otherwise, it's the exact same character. And then again, it's just like with Peacemaker. Tom Paris in Voyager is a redemption arc of Tom Lucar- of uh, Rich- R- Richard Lacarno or Tom Lacarno in the the Highest Duty. Okay, I look forward to. I mean, unfortunately, I only had till April first to finish as much as I can because <laughs> Netflix has taken it off. So, oh, but, yeah, yeah, that is sad. Hey, at least I finished Deep Space Nine before this. I'm happy about yeah. that. I won't finish Deep Next Space Gen. It's really good. Yeah, I Deep Space Nine is what made me go back to watch Next Gen. I'm like, oh god, this is my favorite Star Trek. And then I went back and watched Next Gen. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, this crew again. Like this crew is something else. Yeah, it's one of those things. Is I have so much more nostalgia for TNG, but I think Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek series, like but the, overall. The, the crew, Data, Picard, all of this is like, yeah. Oh my but God. I grew, that was my growing up. Like I had in my bedroom as a kid, I had a big framed picture of the cast. They're so good. Of, I met of, two of that cast the, so far. I met Jonathan Franks and I met Marina Sertris. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. And I always get the line when I when we met Miranda Sertris, it was I was engaged to my well now my wife, but to my fiance at the time, and then she's like, Here, let me give you some counseling. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> thing. That's so, awesome. I, I, it, uh, that's all, I always I always make so happy to be able to and make she, she has she has kind of like a British accent in real life, right? 
I can't remember. It's been it's been years since we met. Oh man, I, that that is I'm I'm jealous of that. Like I seriously, as a kid, I lived and breathed Star Trek: The Next Generation. That was I had I would set our tape play our VHS. I would I would use my allowance to buy blank VHS tapes <laughs> so I could record episodes of Next Generation while I was at school, so I would be able to watch it at home. He, actually, I never watched it the first time until like the late two thousand late. Probably two thousand early twenty ten. So the first. No, I still have them. Like I have them on a shelf behind me. I have like four gold VHS, you know, boxes that are just seasons four, five, seasons four through seven of like taped off of taped like really bad like quality, so I could use (laughs) all eight hours of the tape, so I could fit eight episodes (laughs) on one tape with commercials and everything. That's funny though. On um, the last movie I want to mention, the last thing I want to mention is uh, I watched Free Guy, which is on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, d- there you go. I watched that. It's not on Disney Plus. It was on yeah. Disney Plus. No, pretty sure. It's a it's, it's a, a Fox a, movie, but they own Fox. Way this, it's okay. Well, either way, yeah, I watched Free Guy also. It's, that, that movie's hilarious. It's a really good movie. I I it, you know what? I went into it with pretty low expectations because I had mostly heard that it was mediocre, and I liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Did you see it, Blake? I have not seen it. Although I, I Ryan Reynolds has your stick, and I appreciate it and mostly like it, but I, it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to see. Okay, then yeah, you might not like it because it's, it's Ryan Reynolds doing his stick, which is fine. He's good at what he does, and I I can even appreciate it most time. I'm just you know if I'm there, I'll watch it, but not something I typically get tracked down. I was just surprised when I saw it on Disney Plus. I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of video game references. There's a oh, Mega Man it's on reference. Disney Plus and HBO Max. I watched oh. it on HBO Max. That is weird. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. I never would have expected to be on I'm Disney Plus. I'm pretty sure it was on Disney Plus that we watched. I could have swore. No, it's on both. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. I was like, God, I could I own multiple. I, I, I think it's bizarre. I can't believe that it's on both. But yeah, it's on Disney Plus and HBO Max, according to my uh, I have an app that tells me where things are streaming. It's really strange to have it on both. Yeah, it must be some it's licensing a, deal. Is anyone going to be watching uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love Umbrella Academy. I've never seen one or two. Oh, it's good. You should check it out. I think it's very good, yeah. I haven't ever read the comic, but um, I've heard that the comic is good, too. But Same, yeah. I just But the show is, is really well done. It's really, really good. Page. I love yeah. Elliot Page. Elliot Page, and it is so good. Phenomenal. Like, that Absolutely character, so. phenomenal. One day I'll watch it. it. It's just never got around to it yet. Yeah, it's it's really good, and it's one of those, like, I wouldn't say mystery box, but one of those shows where you just keep learning more and more of the backstory as it goes and finding okay. out more. And it's and then it also does a lot of stuff with time travel and causality because you know one of, one of the characters can time travel, so it deals with all that. Oh, okay. Any yeah. last things you guys want to mention before we wrap this up? Speaking of time travel, has anyone here seen Dark on Netflix? It's a German show. No, no, but I know of it. It's the be- It's the best time travel I think show or movie that's ever been made. I have to add that to my list. Okay. It's so good. Now it's in German. I watch it in the German. Some people, if you hate subtitles, you're not gonna get into it whatever but um that it does have a dub as well but i prefer the german it is so good and it's another one of those kind of mystery box shows the the more the onion layer start unraveling just the more invested you get and highly recommend that's cool yeah i, okay. I just added it to my list so very cool yeah i think i think you'll enjoy it i'm gonna have to check that out too so I, okay a few new things hopefully i can watch by the time i record another one of these <laughs> start them at least <laughs> I love it. well next gen will be gone shortly so i'll be sad but yeah, we'll see oh, what yeah. happens. New, new season of Space Force just dropped also, but I haven't started it yet. I haven't seen the first season. Oh, I, I really like Space Force. I thought it was really good. 
nice. It was kind of mixed reception, I know, when it came out. Yeah, I think think people expected think, the office in Yeah, people place. expected some I think people expected the office and it's much more reminds me of like Better Off Ted, if you ever watched that. No, but I hear good things. Yeah, I love Better Off Ted. It has more of that style of humor. Like Steve Carell is like, for instance, his character in this, he is he is highly competent. He is not Michael Scott. Yeah. He is like a highly competent person that has like a major blind spot and that he is like super career military guy. So he's like kind of like dumb when it comes to science stuff. And John Malkovich is the head scientist and he is dumb when it comes to bureaucratic stuff. And it's really well done. They're both really good at it. I mean, everybody in that show is good. I just find it hilarious that it was based off a, a real life event that was started. Yeah, and, well, and I think that's also why it got the the lukewarm reception is, you know, people are associating it with, you know, he who should not be named. And it's like, it's not that. And if anything, it's making fun of that. So, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, that's how I took it to make fun of that. Like, it was a, it was just the dumbest thing to start it. I mean, we're not, I mean, yes, someday we do need a space force, but we're not there yet. Yeah, well, either way, I think the show does a good job of, I mean, it, it is very much like, what if the military took over NASA? What would that be like? And it's, it's like very much like you sent to the space station with guns and you didn't give them food. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. why did you give them guns? They don't need guns. It's like, we have to keep them on. We have to be sure they're armed. You know, it's like, I think, you know, we don't know what threats are out there. It's, it's that kind of thing. Cool. Right on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. John Malkovich is brilliant in it. Oh, like he's in everything else he's in. And he, yeah, he's, he's just amazing. I love John Malkovich so much. All right. And that's the last thing that you want to mention. Yeah, I think that covers my uh, media exploits over the last uh, okay. month. Yeah, I mean, I've, been, I've been watching a lot of old stuff recently, but yeah, that's all my newish stuff. Okay, well, and so we'll wrap this up. Uh, Carrie, where can people find you at? All right, so I uh, I mostly am on Twitch, uh, Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. Um, I do uh, console modding and repairs, and mostly, though, what I do is I just stream whatever I'm currently playing, which is oh, almost right. always Dark Souls or some game in that series so elden ring right now just non-stop yep <laughs> so watch that all right and if you enjoyed this episode you can go here tons of other episodes we do comics movies video games we cover all sorts of stuff there's over 300 episodes of games my mom found so far so i'm sure you're gonna find something that you want to listen to we even covered some of the stuff that we talked about during this episode. So go check out our huge catalog if you can't whatever you can't find go to podbean our website and you'll be able to find everything there and you can download or some of the other podcast catchers that go farther back to Spotify and iTunes only go back so far. So in case you're wondering why you can't find something older, that's why. Because there's lots of content. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You can follow her on TikTok. And I want to give a shout out to Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me. He started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40, so definitely go check him out. And we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon. Each month I do a different poll, so you get to decide an episode that we're going to cover. And please follow some Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube at audio only, but we are there. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Later. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. (laughs)